It is Monday, December 19. The weather's getting finally a little bit colder in Atlanta. It's going to be Chicago weather when it's like 10 degrees on Thursday or something like that, Jake. I'm not looking forward to it. I thought about playing Frisbee golf that morning, and then I saw the weather and I said no. So uh, not to pull the Chicago weather straight out of the bag, but I will actually be there uh, after about this time tomorrow. So by the time you guys are listening to this, hey, maybe I'll be in Chicago. But uh, Friday... They're supposed to be whiteout blizzard conditions and from the National Weathered Service, impossible to drive. So perhaps I won't go into the office that day. Do, do the might bears be a work a from home day. Do the Bears have a home game on Saturday? Uh, that's a good question. Let me check the the schedule. They'll probably uh, clear that, that snow out beforehand, even if they're if even if they do, but that the uh, Bears are playing the Bills in Chicago at 1 p.m. Yeah, oh my goodness. Uh, that would be hilarious if the Bills next snow game was not in Buffalo. This is like these are the only really t- it's like there it's Buffalo, Chicago and Green Bay are like the last snow and I guess maybe De- not no not Detroit. They're in a dome. Like those are Cleveland the last stadiums. New England sometimes I guess, but like there's they keep doming those stadiums up there. Thankfully Buffalo's next one's going to be normal, so that's not going to be the case for that one. The uh the Minnesota Vikings played like two years in the University of Minnesota's stadium. And right. there was a couple really great chilly games up there, I remember. And and I think one was impromptu when the Metrodome still yep, existed. That was that was the game that that extended Brett Favre's career or consecutive iron it extended his Iron Man streak. He was he had every injury a forty five year old quarterback should have, and because the game got delayed another day, he was able to start and continue that streak. It was it was mm-hmm. wild. Um, that's the NFL. Sounds that's like not, it. Yeah, it was wild, wild time as a 13-year-old Jack, just hoping that would keep going on. Um, we will acknowledge there was – I'm going to say that was of the best soccer games on Sunday in the World Cup that I've ever seen. It was very similar to the MLS Cup final in terms of one team having a lead, losing it, and then get, going back up in overtime – or going back up in extra time and then losing that lead and then winning in PKs. MLS Cup did the exact same thing with Philly and LA, except there was no red cards. That was the only thing that the MLS Cup had. Um, did you watch any of it? Uh, so weirdly, it this is pretty rare for a soccer game. It started before I was in church, and church went really long because it's Christmas singing time, and mm-hmm. I, I love that. I'm in the choir, um, but it was very long, and so it was still going afterwards simply because it made it to extra time. <laughs> it was a three-hour game, yeah. So I was able to finally catch extra time when we got to brunch afterwards uh so it was it was a marathon not a sprint uh really but was. i was very startled to see that it was in like the 90th minute uh the first 90th minute i guess is how you count that yeah i, I don't know i'm not a soccer guy but <laughs> it was yeah. incredible that was i mean of the greatest that was of, i mean just in terms of general like it came up today one of my slacks for work that is, the question had to be posed what was the greatest game you've seen because when you mix just the significance of that particular game who was playing and all the, and just everything about that game that it, it's immediately up there and the goals scored and everything. So um, yeah. Lord willing tech games have anything remotely close to anything that happened in this world cup because good Lord, uh, I will note Atlanta United player uh, Tiago Almada was on the bench for Argentina, making him the first active MLS player to ever win a world cup. Uh, wow. So, that means Atlanta United won the World Cup. That's that's how that's how that's how it works. That that's <laughs> totally how that works. I appreciate the grind there. Um, one thing I did want to just kind of reminisce on, going back to a little bit of podcast lore. I mentioned this 
I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on uh, on the live button, but uh, the first ever Scions of the Southland test episode was recorded the same day that uh, France won the World Cup in 2018. Oh, wow. Which I remember explicitly because I was in uh, France at Georgia Tech Lorraine at the time, Mm. and I went... uh, to the to town square, they had a football bar, you know, every, everyone's out and about. Um, and I walked back afterwards, uh, just kind of to soak in the scenes and see all the people out in the streets and, you know, very hospitable, very friendly, joyous atmosphere. And this was in, you know, not, not the, for, not France's biggest city, but not a small place either. Right. Um, and, and yeah, it, it was just kind of surreal to, to walk around the place, uh, when, when that was all going on, I I don't know. Not that it made up for not being in Chicago when the Cubs won the World Series, but mm. I kind of, you know, I was like, oh, maybe maybe this is what that was like for people who actually got to to be there. But um, yeah, yeah, sorry, not to no, not to indulge myself too hard there. <laughs> no, that's good. I mean, I remember that day because that because Atlanta United had the game immediately after that. Like they were the like the World mm. Cup was the lead into Atlanta United playing Seattle that day. Like national television, international TV, and everything. We were next, literally that day in the global sport global soccer programming um we did not win that game sadly that much i remember um but it was watch that final in mercedes-benz it was cool watching on the halo board and other various screens around the stadium so maybe we'll get that well we won't maybe we'll get that in 2026 who knows what to do watch for all the um for all the i know we have a lot of actual tech grad uh listeners who who you know, obviously there's some overlap with, with the folks who listen to this podcast. Anyone who went to GTL, uh, the dinner that night, I do recall was pizza box, which is a little pizza shop kind of on the second floor down the ways from, from the actual campus. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if anybody else wants to go down sentimental nostalgia, <laughs> uh, random pizza place, soccer lane, that's, that's what we're going with tonight. <laughs> I did not do GTL. My brother did it though. So I've heard many good things about the place. Um, and speaking of people on campus, uh, there was graduation this past weekend on Saturday and Friday. Um, 23 student athletes graduated between baseball, women's basketball, football, uh, cheer, uh, men's swim and dive, te- women's tennis, and track and field. Um, most notable names on here, Demetrius Knight, uh, Dante Smith, Zamari Walden, Dylan Leonard, Malachi Carter, uh, Luke Benson, uh, Claire Moritz in the track and field and cross-country world. Um, those are the names that I recognize off the top of my head here um do any of of these other names stick out to you yeah so couple graduates i want to mention as well Uh, i mean i got nostalgic before thinking about the the 2018 world cup and i also get nostalgic thinking about the 2019 baseball team Uh, court rodig was a freshman on on those teams Uh, he i mean uh, that was kind of the first year i'd followed college baseball as a whole and also like outside of the immediate start of the season. Uh, I guess that's kind of a good way to put it. So I didn't really know much about the team coming in, but Court was big uh, part of the staff that uh, that year. He started the 2019 game up in Truist Park, the the rubber match of clean old-fashioned hate. Um, and, and that was really a phenomenal game. 19,000 people, just really a tremendous... Uh, Tremendous memory, and he was a, a big part of the staff on that on that team. Academic honor roll. He was accoladed kind of a couple times on the flats. So really, um, all around phenomenal. Just you know, part of a, a couple of really great tech teams. Uh, I also want to shout out Sam Crawford, who I believe his master's in is in aerospace engineering. So phenomenal work there. That's uh, it's got to be tough to be a, a baseball player plus master's student plus engineering. That's 
That, that's a lot. Plus but aerospace engineering. Yeah, uh, the stuff's got to fly. That's that's pretty wild. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, that just that that 2019 baseball team was really a lot of fun. Every time they were out there, just a lot of a lot of characters. Great lineup. Um, seemed like really fun guys to 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 put together a team, and it was great following them that year. Of course, the the way it ended was forever seared up there with the the Bartman game uh, in my personal sports. Uh, terrors but uh sorry but you know auburn auburn got the win good for them um and you know college baseball is a long season and i hope uh, this year is uh is just as fruitful as that one because that team kind of snuck up on us too so i remember having to go back out of the stadium during the rain delay went to attend drum the waited waited out and then by the time we realized that game was not starting anytime soon we went home and then i watched that home run on tv and was very sad uh, I think Akshay and I went to a Chicago Fire game uh, before before that walk off home run. That was that was a busy day too. Mm. Uh, but yes, uh, honestly, half the reason I'm waxing poetic so much this week, Jack, is it's kind of a a light week in terms of tech news, it's, is it not? It, it's just, yeah, it's lighter than most. Um, one note that we forgot to get to last week or two weeks ago, whenever we were supposed to come out. Or talk about this was that Emma Kalf, uh, softball catcher, left fielder, just all around great person. Um, she is one of the thirteen finalists for the Wood for the John Wooden Citizenship Cup. Um, that's one of thirteen out of all. It's and this award is open to all athletes in high school, college, Olympic sports, and professional sports. So this was of thousands mm-hmm. of in theory possible candidates. Um, she got that and she got one of the nominations. She has done some incredible work. Um, while at the flats in terms of being on the student as- student athlete advisory board and launching herself beyond that. She's done a lot of uh, local mission work and a lot of um, sports-related charity work and whatnot. Um, she's volunteered at a bunch of different places uh, around the or around Atlanta. Notably, she's volunteered with Maggie 5K, uh, the Big B Clothing Drive, and the Michael Eisenhower Toy Drive, uh, which is Tech's biggest collection for the Atlanta Children's Shelter. Um, all that's coming from text release that's on their website we can read more about that um, but she is of text best by far so i absolutely please go watch her play some softball uh, once february rolls around because she will not be here forever um, and we are very thankful the nebraskan came to atlanta to be with us um, also softball tickets are on sale so you can actually go and buy those tickets now to go see emma calf and the rest of the softball jackets in person um any emma calf notes that you have I mean, she's a phenomenal player, uh, clearly a phenomenal person as well. So very, very exciting. Uh, want to be one of 13 uh, is a very short list when when you think about how big all of college sports is uh, uh, on the, I mean, yes, they have war to male and a female, but, you know, there's 360 some, uh, you know, division one schools and they all field at least like 14 teams and some up to 40. Like th- this is not a, this is not a lot uh this is a quite small portion uh, of the student athlete population so yep. in, in addition to being a, a really big part of that team um you know this is this is there's a lot of awards that kind of get floated around out there and most most people don't know the difference between a lot of them this this one matters uh this yep. i mean a lot of them matter a lot but th- this one is particularly significant it is she will find out uh, a little bit after new year's whether if she won or not and if she does the ceremony for that is at the college football hall of fame so just a short walk down the road so no travel needed <laughs> to win that award or receive that award um budget met yes Check. um we also <laughs> i just realized this while we were recording um 
Tech hired their offensive coordinator since we last recorded. Um, this is why I was was uh, yeah, Buster Faulkner. It's real. Yeah, it's the, been that long. We, re- eight days. we recorded last Sunday. The hire was reported on Monday. So yes, Georgia Tech has hired Georgia's former offensive quality control assistant, um, and is now the offensive coordinator here at the Flats. Uh, a bunch of people reported this early on uh, on Monday. His coaching history is a lot of. He's got some various Georgia stops between Georgia, Valdosta State. He's also been at Central Arkansas, Murray State, sent Middle Tennessee State. Arkansas State and Southern Miss. Um, his longest tenure before Georgia was from 2012 to 2015 as Middle Tennessee State's OC and quarterbacks coach. Um, in 2020 to 2022, <laughs> he's mainly been with their quarterbacks. So Stetson Bennett's his fault, sadly, I guess in some ways. Um, but th- we have a very Ben Ben Tankersley wrote a very very long piece uh, on our website about Buster Faulkner, and then Robert Binion has some stats about him as well. So. Um, we are out of the chip long umbrella now, which I guess for some is going to be good news. For some may not be the great, may not be good news, but either way, where we are here is we got Faulkner. Um, a couple people that I've talked to that are somehow knew about him through the weeds have said he's a good dude. So that's all the Intel I really have. I had not heard of this guy until we hired him, but that's me. Neither. That's what happens <laughs> when you're an offensive quality control person, even at the most prestigious football program in the nation right now. Ooh, Jack, you're going to, even even if you may objectively be somewhat or all the way correct about that, there's still going to be some people rankled in our mentions. I, I, um, I, I, you can, look you can at, send your complaints to look, Akshay. Who wins? Not look, us. Who has been winning these games? I mean, hey, hey, they were not the most prestigious team in the country for the first quarter and a half against us, though. That's for darn sure. We had that battle yeah. won for a quarter and a half, which is more than we bargained for. And we'll be working 365 days a year, according to Coach Key, to solve this problem anyways, so... Some maybe by next year uh, we'll be up to 366. No one check your <laughs> calendar. Um, in terms of you know my my read on it, uh, obviously the first thing that jumped out to me was Middle Tennessee State in the early 2010s. Uh, we don't need to go down that road for for those of us uh, who who recall. We can just leave that one in the past. Um, otherwise, I did see some scuttlebutt that. Uh, they were wanting to uh, keep him through the playoff. Uh, I do not know how that resolved. Uh, my cursory search of the interwebs before we got uh, got online here, I did not uh, see any definitive answer. I kind of hope not. I mean, we hired the guy. You're now you're now one of us. Uh, but you know, maybe there's contract language there. Anyways, uh, in, in terms of football, there there have been a number of uh signings today yesterday well really in the last like 36 hours i guess could could incorporate both of those uh we'll 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 put some stuff together and that'll be out in our next episode indeed so that is where we at that is where football's at recruiting's in full swing right now portaling is in full portaling mode right now uh we do have a piece that we'll post that's already posted on twitter we'll put it on our facebook soon about uh just where the weekly changes are and transfers and everything like that. So that is coming. Keep watching that as you wish. Um, bowl season's in full flux now. I don't, I do you watch any of these bowl games. I can't really do any of these bowl games that aren't the, the big ones anymore at this point. Cause I don't, I know they don't matter um, outside, the, outside of the money. So, oh, yeah, I mean, I thought the cure bowl was a pretty good game. I was looking forward to that as, as to, uh, Really, really well-regarded, ranked conference champion type uh, group of five teams. 
Uh, UTSA has been been really fun the last couple of years. Troy, John Summerall have have really been on the come up there. So um, that was that was pretty interesting. But I mean, I'm going to be honest. I, I I'd rather spend you know my limited amounts of sports watching time on you know tech itself or the volleyball uh, final four and championship that were this weekend or a, a Christmas movie marathon since I will be uh, out of town um, and you know not around the the friends and the folks uh, and significant of the next week. So, you know, it, it, it's a balance. One can only watch so much content. Uh, there's, there's beautiful, large amount of content, but also at the same time, like you look at NFL, like we were talking about earlier, the bears playing the bills on Christmas Eve at 1 PM. Like I, I just don't see, yeah. don't see the appeal in that. Did, so. Oh, did you watch the volleyball final? I forgot to put that on the outline as well. I, I did not watch the, Final for the whole time. I was in and out on that again because that was Saturday, but Thursday, uh, really wire to wire uh, for, gosh, what was that? Like four hours of volleyball. Those those are some long games too. Um, really really good ones. Um, normally volleyball, if it's a tech versus a lowly opponent, is like an hour and twenty minutes. But if you're playing a five setter, five setter on ESPN, no less. Uh, that's that's a three-hour affair. It goes so from it, it goes is, from a, a it goes from the length of the Lion King all the way to the length of an Avatar movie. That's that that's where it goes to if you go from three sets to five sets, and the thrill also exp- exponentially increases unless you lose that, twenty unless you lose fifteen to two in the fifth set. <laughs> they were playing fast. Uh, those um, those San Diego Texas points in particular were long rallies, mm-hmm. but also really quick. So. Yeah. Uh, it just kind of made me go, hmm, Tech's got their work cut out for them next year. They, really uh, they were number 16 in the final poll for, for those listeners who, who are on the edge of their seat. Yes, no, that was, a good, that was a good update. I did forget about that. The final ABCA ranking came out after Texas swept Louisville in the final 3-0 um, pretty convincingly, although they had to win four straight points in the third set to win the third set and take the title, which poor Louisville, they were right there at the end to at least buy another mm-hmm. set. Um, and Texas, I, I mean, I don't know, for those that did watch Texas volleyball this year, you know that uh, this team is ridiculously good. Um, and I don't know, I, Jake, Jake, you'll be able to answer this for me. Is there like an award for like the single best female or female NCAA athlete? Because if there is, Logan Eggleston needs to be considered on the women's side for how ridiculously dominant she is for uh, on the outside hitting position there for Texas. Um, Let's see. I'm going to do a quick cursory look. The first thing that came uh, came to mind for me was um, the NCAA like Man of the Year and Woman of the Year. I don't know if that necessarily could like. I wonder if that translates to. My guess is that that equates more like to to the Walter Payton Man of the Year award less than your play, um, which yeah. that'd be really hard to judge across the 57 sports that they have in the NCAA. So. One other thing that I will note is there is an SB for best male and female uh, college athletes. I do recall that. That's Tim Tebow won that twice. So, uh, hmm. you know, just just put that one out there. Maybe, but, maybe uh, one of those was deserved. But that was also when Joaquin Noah was killing it for Florida basketball as well. So a lot of. Hey, that's uh that's a former Chicago Bull Joaquin Noah. That right is. There. That but, sure is. Um, remember that team? I remember watching those games a lot because then Al Horford was also on that team and then he became a hawk and that was a whole that was a whole thing uh, we are just collaborating my nostalgia right now i'm sorry the 2010 2011 chicago bulls jeez um i was gonna say one other thing on like volleyball best player 
must not be important though, because I cannot remember for the life of me what it is. Before we move on to the rest of our current events, I am going to plug section 103 uh, before we get too far away from that. Um, one thing I do want to highlight this week, because we love section 103, great partner for us, great tech Christmas gift, of course. Uh, but one thing I do want to highlight is the interactiveness and the responsiveness uh, of Stephen and the gang over there. Uh, obviously, the the you know the, the voting on the polls is uh, pretty well known. I would say at this point, you get to you get to put in your thoughts on what should be tech's next design. Currently, there are six up there. Uh, I will not try and influence the polls. Uh, I will just vote because that is, uh, you know, the, the point of democracy. But um, I, I do want to say that Stephen and the gang over there do do a great job being receptive to, uh, you know, the polls and, and interacting with the fan base just to get out uh, more of that tech merch. So definitely do that. Uh, and and also really appreciate the uh, the handwritten touches. It's it's very thoughtful and kind of a good, good Christmas vibes uh, in terms of in terms of the gang over at section 103 as always free shipping orders over 70 bucks and you can find them at section103.com and on twitter at section 103 of the last note i forgot on volleyball if in case we forgot last week julia bergman was named to the second team all america list uh nationally so that that was what i was forgetting yes, wasn't it yes so that is back to back versions of that for her and three total in, uh all america nods between i think she had an honorable mention her Sophomore year, and then went to second team for this year and this past season. Uh, so, big, big kudos to her, and well deserved. Like, what I mean, she's been of the best athletes on Tech's campus. Which me and me and Jake are going to do some sort of figuring out of where she stacks up all time with the rest of the athletes that have ever come across campus. But that's more of a summer project when we get there. But if, in case you want to think about that with your Tech friends and family throughout the holidays, some ranking of your favorites or the best. We're gonna start with just the Tech Sports Hall of Fame because there's a new, there's a new entry this year. But there's at least your starting point to get some discussion on that. Um, I will say um, I am very uh, bummed that the Tech bracket that they put out during COVID uh, of like the greatest teams of of all time for Georgia Tech kind of fell through the cracks. Uh, I feel like that was something that kind of came right out of the gate with some some publicity, and I'm honestly not really sure how it ever wrapped up so <laughs> kind of in the same vein as that it's it's really comparing apples to horseshoes to yeah i don't know pizza it's a, yeah, but a lot of different we'll, stuff we'll, we'll find a way probably the cumberland yeah. game one if i had to guess hopefully not though there's been other stuff that happened um i think i think it was on a team by team basis so uh, okay knowing knowing tech it was probably the 1990 national champs because mm, that's, right, that's right that's right and also football <laughs> they really do put for those that haven't been a student recently. They really do push like the Cumberland game as lore more than they do the fact that we won the national title in 1990. It's it. I don't know if you experienced that too, but like just in terms of like fun stuff to talk about the football team, that was always more repetitive than the fact that we won it all within a couple generations of us being on campus. Yeah, fair enough. So. Uh, Moving on to stuff that actually has been happening recently um, uh, at the Flats. Uh, Alabama State played the men's basketball team as the only game the last week before finals kicked in. Um, Alabama State, I believe, is ranked 350th or somewhere around there in Ken Palm. So in terms of this game was going to be a blowout the whole time, it sure was. Um, Tristan Maxwell started. Uh, Javon Franklin was still hurt with his, with the groin, so he did not play. Uh, but Tristan Maxwell, going into the game, six buckets made all year. In the game, made six buckets. So... Uh, led the team with 18 points and was just draining threes. 
Um, at points, defense was uh, not great to the point where Pastner was just slamming the scorer's desk. If he had his face shield, it would have been in a million pieces, I swear. But beyond that, not much else to note that I can remember from that game. I don't know if you watched, Jake. Yeah, I did watch the first half. Um, I will say Georgia Tech was like 22-2 and two while I was watching. So Yeah, they did go on a 22 the second half. Yeah, they went on a big, big run. Uh, yeah, so in the second, Tech only outscored Alabama State by one. It was 41-40. Uh, obviously, you're kind of letting up. You're already ahead by 35. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's understandable. A little sad we didn't break 100. I haven't seen Tech break Yeah, I was hoping to have that. In a regulation game for quite some time. Yeah. But um, in terms of play, players, it is worth noting more Howard Sturdivant, Maxwell Kelly are your starters. And then you had another one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine off the bench. Yeah. Count them nine. That is 14 tech players that saw the court. Uh, J- Jordan Mecca got some good time. Uh, Cyril uh, Martinov got uh, about eight minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. Fred's Paul's. Bogatskis. Uh, Bogatskis. Uh, I mean, I'm a Lithuanian. I know these things, but <laughs> Uh, got to be more confident in myself. Fred's, Paul's, Bogatskis, uh, five minutes uh, of time himself, and then some other time for for Coleman Boyd, Braden Daniels, and Jermonte Hill. So Coleman uh, Boyd's first points that, of the season made a three. Those was that hey. was his first bucket of the season. Good for him. Good for him. It it's always good to see um, that kind of stuff uh, come around. Tech did have um, seventeen fouls, which is a lot. We did, we did. against we did a lot of uh, Alabama State. Yeah, uh, Tech led the entire game. Uh, they did lead by 42 at one point. Uh, that was about halfway through the second. I'm trying to think of anything else that I saw interesting when I was looking at the I'm looking at the game notes the right now, and the only other thing that really sticks score. out to me is that Rodney Howard had a streak of 13 made buckets in a row broken in this game. Um, he hadn't missed against – he made his last two against Northeastern and didn't miss against Georgia or North Carolina. He only went 7-7 seven and seven between those two games. Um but he's not missing his layups and dunks is what I'm reading from that for the most part. Good. So, Tech yeah. has struggled with layups and making free throws yeah. for the longest time. So if they can do that better, then, then good for them. Uh, I will say uh, Tech had six players in double figures. That's worth noting. They were only 69% from the line, but that's 9 of 13. So not, not a ton of opportunities mm-hmm. there uh, for the game uh, and in both uh both periods, both quarters, both halves. I can't speak tonight. It's been a long day. Uh, at or above 50% shooting. Uh, Three-point uh, was above 50% shooting for the entire game. Uh, so really pretty pretty locked down on offense, I, I thought. Uh, I don't think Tech turned the ball over too much. Five five is pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, it, they, they came in, blocked eight shots, did what they needed to do. It was, it was a win. And dare I say... I think we have Florida Tech on the schedule still. Yes, we do. But to this point, Georgia Tech has avoided its confounding mid or low major loss. Yeah, for twenty twenty two, it hasn't happened. It, it has not happened. Yeah. This is good. Um, and if it happened to Alabama State, good lord, that just would have been the worst version of that as well. Um, yeah, I mean, we did lose to Coppin State within very recent memory that's i guess it's like four years ago now but it's fine it's fine yeah. i'll know why we probably haven't been doing this looking at another game note the tech only had five turnovers the entire game which under passner has only happened against notre dame in 2020 which i think i was at that game um, and then the utah game this year also was a five turnover game so twice in a year passner's team has been one off the tech record of four turnovers in a game um 
Both of those happened a long time ago, LSU in 1990 and Wake Forest in 88. Um, and we're 19th huh. in the nation in turnovers. So we have we are actually pretty excel- – we are excelling decently well in a major stat. Um, I mean, granted, our schedule wasn't exactly like loaded, loaded going up, going in, but so we'll see if this holds going into ACC play, which does begin on Wednesday, pending you, pending any last notes from you. I was going to say uh, it has already begun. Oh, uh, we played up at North Carolina, I yeah, but I, I also that. want to forget that game too. So yeah. I don't, uh, I don't blame you there. Hey, that was not too. I, fun. I, I, and, I, and it came in the middle of finals. Yeah, on the road against a really angry North Carolina team like that. I, I barely yeah. watched the North Carolina game, and then it was Alabama State. So in my head, it, my head went back to we haven't started ACC ball yet when we had totally done that. Um, but we, I, I want to add one thing based on one thing that you just remembered. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Notre Dame game uh, that we only had the five to- turnovers. I believe that was a game we were down by like 20 something at some point, And they just stormed all the way back. It was like a, a Saturday night or something like that. That, that uh, gosh, this is not good podcast. No, it's not. We were, ve- me and Jake have been to so many of these basketball games. We very much remember a lot of them, but also vaguely remember probably most of them at the same time. Uh, they all run together at some they, point. They but do. Georgia Tech and, and Notre Dame have played a, a lot of good games over the past uh, past few years. Uh, I will note that Clemson is coming up Wednesday. A uh, bit of a bummer for that to be uh, after finals. And, yeah. you know, you hate to get a, a good Clemson or a, a good Virginia home game while uh, while people are away, while somebody uh, such as ourselves are, are traveling for, for family and stuff like that. But that's the way the schedule works, uh, that that Clemson game is at 730 Wednesday, uh, if you are uh, out of town uh, or if you are unable to make it to Midtown, it is on ESPN two for your watching. ESPN two. That is part of a double header. If you're in Atlanta and want to go to two basketball games that day, the women's team plays at one o'clock that day, also at home against Furman, um, and we'll just use that as the let's talk about women's basketball. Uh, they played yesterday, Saturday or Sunday at Boston College, and it was not the greatest showing. Uh, only four buckets hit in the first quarter on route to a seventy-four. To 62 loss. Um, that was our first game of ACC play. Uh, Boston College has actually been playing pretty well, even with the exodus of players they had, which included Cameron Swartz coming to Tech um, as part of that pole changeover with their new coach, I believe, that they have going on. Um, JoJo Lacey and Andrea Daly for the Eagles scored 38 combined, uh, which is pretty big. Um, Aisha Wona Aeronaut pretty solidly locked down the the the, the uh, starting center spot or forward forward center kind of role um, while, we, while we play four guards um so not our greatest not not the, not the greatest showing today or yesterday i don't want to be a hater or sound like i'm ragging on georgia tech but 20 for 71 from the field yeah not good not good it's not very good nope. and there wasn't really a lot of bright spots because it just seemed like everybody was confounded uh through this game but to their credit they had to go right on the road after what i'm sure was a grueling finals uh finals week so that counts for something but it doesn't show up in your your final score and and losing by 12 to boston college i kind of said this in in yellow jacket roundup this is a game that a lot of tech basketball fans men's or women's uh kind of circle as a win when they see it on the schedule yeah it's like duke football doesn't matter how good the other team is doesn't matter the context win in the year it is who's coming off a of finals or a bye week or whatever. Um, it's just the kind of game in a rough and tumble ACC uh, that, that you got to, that you got to bank and you got to win. Of course, tech is still eight and three. It's pretty good. Got a lot of schedule left, but 
Got to learn the right things from this game. Yeah, yeah, we do. Their free throw shooting was fine. Uh, despite Cam Swartz being one of eight from three, she hit all of her free throws, which I think were nine of them. Um, and Tech, yep. they, they, I'm reading the recap for, on RamblinRec.com, and it, 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 there's a version of this is very easily a version of this game that's very different because Boston College had five very late points, uh, which then put them up 41-34. So this very, very much could have been a 36-34 game at half or some something plus or minus X number of points. Um, but a seven-point lead going into half, that, that's, 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 that's a dagger, especially if you think you're going to be right there. Um, Aaliyah Love had eight points in the second quarter to kind of charge us back in. Uh, and then it uh, didn't, yeah. didn't last. Um, we were down six. Uh, was that six? Seven with 4.30 to play. Um after Swartz got some points, uh, we had a fourteen to three run in the fourth, uh, which that that would have been yep. great. But you know, the balls always swings back the other direction at some point. So that's what happened there. Well, and, and, uh, and one thing I oh go ahead go, go ahead, ahead go ahead. I was gonna say the the kind of the overarching theme that I think kind of helped this all line up uh, together is it is worth noting that Boston College had thirty eight points in the paint uh, to just thirty mm. uh, for for Georgia Tech. Yeah. Uh, they out-rebounded us by one. Again, you might go, hey, those two aren't terribly far away, Jake. What's the deal? This is a team that has had a phenomenal run of really impressive center play. Obviously, Lorella Kubai is the first to come to mind, but latest in, in a quite a lengthy line mm-hmm. uh, of those for Tech. So it is worth noting, Georgia Tech historically is not a team that gets anywhere close to being out-rebounded. Uh, it, it's a team that dominates the paint. So uh, just kind of yet another example uh, of of the world being different uh and again uh, a team with a license to shoot but going two for 15 uh is is really tough on on the day contributing to that 20 for 71 shooting yeah margin they yeah and rebounding was a big issue up front in the beginning of the year the florida gulf coast swing helped a ton we got back into it this was kind of i would say an average game um 23 offensive and defensive rebounds for tech even stevens on that um and pretty even share of the load Kara Dunn and Nerea Hermosa both had seven to lead the team and then third most was Caleb Blackshear and AC Carter with five apiece uh so every all the four highest rebounders were off the bench yep so that's uh always an interesting predicament to to put yourself in uh I I will say Georgia Tech did play Another relatively long lineup. Uh, for, they did. This is a long lineup. Uh, we kind of lump men's basketball and women's basketball together, um, but it, they both are traditionally teams that play shorter, honestly, volleyball too. <laughs> uh, but uh, 10, 10 folks in the game for Tech, um, it just, you know, it, it didn't really seem like much, uh, much was really clicking in the way that it necessarily needed to. But again, they're making their free throws. That's good. That's not something they've uh, traditionally uh, been able to capitalize on so if you're looking for some bright spots uh, you got that and uh tech will be again at home with another tune-up for uh versus Furman before they go on to virginia uh in in the week after that and they get some time off for for the holidays and stuff going for win number nine jake do you have any uh fun statistical bits from your web of numbers and things that started when that started when you got to campus or something like that i forgot what actually calls this if he calls it anything, it's it, it's a bit that needs a clever name, uh, and, and I'm I'm workshopping it. So if anybody has thoughts, let us know. Uh, that being said, uh, today our theme is men's basketball, and I've picked a year. The year is 2017-18. I picked this year because we were not terribly good uh, that year. 
I, I will not uh, beguile everyone with all the twists and turns uh, of the results from that year. But let's just say that it began uh, somewhat ignominiously um, with, uh, oh, wait, this is the women's basketball. I'm looking for the men's. I'm trying to find the exact score. Uh, so and we, we picked this we picked this year because this is when I when this is when I started school at tech uh, that fall. Yes, I remember when and uh, I wanted to. Yeah, tech scheduled a solar oh. eclipse for us. It was very nice. Yes, um, it uh, it was a year that began rather ignominiously with a loss in exhibition to Georgia State, uh, a win against Faulkner, a loss in China with all the uh, events that went on with that game, uh, a couple wins against a bunch of nondescript teams, uh, and then a self uh, self inflicted loss when a tipped shot went in against oh, probably yes. the worst team in oh, all of I college remember basketball. This. I Grambling remember State. seeing. <laughs> the self bucket to lose oh right mm-hmm. oh i so, forgot who we played uh, though <laughs> i went i went with men's basketball specifically because oh wait it was grambling um, state wasn't it yes yep. it was grambling state uh 64 63 and that's the number i was looking for but i, I went for 17 18 because the theme is basketball and the theme is also some nostalgia so if you want to remember just a very uh forgettable basketball season with me uh and, and indulge me on this Georgia Tech on the year went six and 13 in ACC play. Despite that, they finished with winning score differentials, right? So they outscored just four opponents, right? So, you know, obviously you play a couple teams twice, et cetera, et cetera. Mm, Okay. Yep. 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 Yes. So among those teams that Georgia Tech played, all of the ACC is represented. Mm-hmm. I want you to guess who of uh, who of that year, Georgia Tech finished with the greatest score differential and the lowest score differential. Okay, gotcha. In ACC point play, differ- that year. okay. So best and worst point differential. Um, mm-hmm. We weren't good that year, so that immediately puts Duke and North Carolina high up in my thought process because those were still they were good back then. I I think I remember they were good back then. Who was bad back then? I don't remember who was bad back then. Um, I'm just going to randomly pick North Carolina State that we had the best score difference. Oh, no, we need to have to play them twice, though. Okay, never mind. I'm just going to... Okay. We did only play them once, and it was a win. Uh, it was a three-point win at home. It was, a, it was actually a pretty good game. But you're on the right track, so keep going with that line of thought. Okay. Wait, in terms of that, it was a team that we played twice for the worst that had... No, it's a team that we only played once. Okay, um, I'm just gonna say North Carolina State because I, I, that's just what that just that's what the gut's telling me. I don't have literally no memory of anything about that. Um, and then in terms of who we lost to the worst, I'm gonna go with Duke. Uh, both good guesses. Okay. Uh, NC State by three. If that was our biggest margin, uh, might have uh, been uh, even more of a downer than the year was. Mm. But the correct answer was we managed in ACC play two. Double-digit victories. Uh, one was against Miami, ah. and the other was against Pittsburgh. Oh. And the fun fact that this ties into, uh, in terms of the biggest differential going the other way, is that Georgia Tech has never defeated Virginia in the timeline that this data set exists oh, no. for. <laughs> and they got them twice this year. So combined, Georgia Tech finished 27 points in the black or in the red mm-hmm. against Virginia, which 
honestly kind of surprised me that it was only that much considering we played them twice yeah and uh virginia was honestly they were very good uh, that year <laughs> they were they were they were very good that year um in terms of average differential though tech did play louisville once uh and was outscored by them by uh 23 in one game so you know you could slice it a little bit differently mm. anyways all that to say georgia tech men's basketball if you're ever down just go play pittsburgh uh but if you're not don't play virginia because that will not it's not always a recipe to get you right back on track do not look ahead in the schedule considering i just said that uh, to see who <laughs> men's basketball is playing the week after next fun well thank you for that and glad I can remember some things about that year of basketball that I largely don't did not remember in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the only thing that I have on the docket left is some miscellaneous swimming stuff in Australia, um, which I only mentioned because, well, for in fun stuff, there was 14 world records set. This is in short course, uh, so what the NCA metric is for all their all their meets. Um, the U.S. record U.S. gained records in that in in the men's four by 200 and 100 free relays. Women's 4 by 100 medley relay and the mixed 4 by 50 relay. Kate Douglas swam in that medley relay, um, which is of note because that means that there is an ACC swimmer still getting world records out there, which if you watched last year's um, NCAA or ACC championships and saw just the ridiculous demolition that the Virginia women's team did, um, this comes as no surprise, but and will be the case again this year at the meet in Greensboro, Minneapolis, one of the two cities. Um I forgot where that where the, this year's NCAA championship is happening, um, but we have there, the AC, the ACC is going to be uh, dominant still in Paris, even if it's uh, graduated swimmers at that point between just the Virginia women. So that's where we're at with the Walshes and and Kate Douglas trends. If you're following that yeah. at all, um, I mean, I guess I don't think any, either of us watched this, Jake, because it was in Australia and probably happening at 3 a.m. But I think. I don't know if we mentioned this on the podcast this week. The only swimming I've caught that isn't tech recently was uh, some like 15 year old kid broke the American record, not just in his age group, but also the 17, 18s. Oh, That's wow. pretty wild. I don't know where that kid's going, but whoever they are, they probably already have him locked down. Uh, good. Uh, good for them. That was, I believe he went up 44 in the short course yards, hundred fly as like a 15 year old kid, mm-hmm. which I mean, that should be illegal, but congrats <laughs> that's where we're at kid the kid the kids get faster i mean i grew up swimming i thought i would have been good I, I think and i was good for a 5-3 swimmer that never grew past 5-3 after being 12 years old um man i wish i knew what my times would have been if i just gained a couple more inches but that's neither here nor there uh any last bits before we wrap up nope uh again keep in mind coming up uh baseball and softball up ahead a uh, d1 baseball i think did uh, put out tech's fall report no free ads but uh you know they always put out some good content over there uh so if that's your boat go check that out we will be back to preview them sometime in in january or for baseball maybe early february we got time uh tennis and golf spring as well uh swimming and indoor track are on hiatus until i believe the first weekend in january for both of them as well uh otherwise stay safe stay healthy uh, stay uh, listening to Scions of the Southland. As always, you can find us at fromtherumbleseat.com. Uh, an article goes up with these every week, uh, and it is a uh, pleasure to write with 
a bunch of the talented folks over there. So go ahead and check out their work as well. We really try and cover the whole spectrum of Georgia Tech. Uh, you can email us at fromtherumbleseat.gmail.com. For now, you can still find all of us on Twitter uh, at FTRS blog for, uh, you know, interactions, for the articles that go up uh, with this, with live tweeting. Really, we do it all on Twitter. Um, you can also find me and Jack at jgrant98 and at Jack Nicholas. You can also find Section 103 on Twitter. That's at Section 103. You can find them at section103.com as well. You can find us on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, that's at From the Rumble Seat on both of the meta platforms. And you can find this podcast wherever fine podcasts are sold, distributed, and what have you. Again, uh, whatever you're celebrating, Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, uh, Festivus, have a safe, happy, and healthy one uh, to you and yours. Uh, good night, good luck, and go Jackets. We'll see you when we're back. Oh,